Welcome back to Forward Progress, your source for NFL betting, powered by the Hammer Betting Network and Pinnacle Sportsbook. As a reminder, we'll be using prices today from Pinnacle Sportsbook. It's the world's sharpest sportsbook and available to bettors in Ontario. Find out what professional bettors have known for decades. Pinnacle is where the best bettors play. Must be 19 plus in Ontario. Please play responsibly. Not available in the U.S. I'm your host, G-Stack George, and I'm joined today by Fabian Zuma, Eric Eager, and Jeff Feinberg, and we're going to be breaking down the AFC West uh, and the outlook going into the season. Guys, thanks for joining me. Yeah, it's going to be fun. All right, let's let's talk about uh, the changes year over year because I want to start with Kansas City. Last year this time, you were able to get them at plus money to win the division for the first time ever since Mahomes was a, an established starter. And, and it just showed that there was a little bit of doubt now, this year, Kansas City is minus 190 with an implied probability of winning division 65% of the time. Uh, Eric, does that sound right to you? I think it's a little steep. I think it's a little bit of an overreaction to what happened last season. This is a, a very good football team that's, you know, reloaded. They, they're, not, they're not without weakness. Um, and there are some teams in the division. I know, you know, Jeff's uh, Chargers are always a team that, uh, you have to be weary of. And, you know, the Broncos have Sean Payton, who is one of the best coaches of all time. So uh, it, it's to me, it's not a price I'd lay, um, even as a Chiefs fan, to, to, to for them to win the division. Um, but I understand it's it, the reaction after last season. All right. Suma, like getting away from price sensitivity for a second, what's the scenario where Casey uh, blows the division, uh, barring a catastrophic injury? Is it the two new offensive tackles that let him down? Is it perhaps the lack of weapons? What do you see derailing a Kansas City season this year? I think one scenario would be a team like the Chargers being very, very good on offense. Um, with their new offensive coordinator, Justin Herbert is, is healthy. Offensive line is back healthy. Uh, they got another uh, weapon uh, in the draft that could have a, a very good outcome uh, for the season. So you got Mike Williams, Quentin Johnston, and Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen, a little bit on, on the decline over the past couple of years, and he's, he's always good for like um, eight games missed because of a because of an injury. But I think that the offensive makeup for the Charter is probably uh, the the biggest challenge to the to the to the Chiefs as a division winner. All right, uh, Jeff. When you when you see minus one ninety, are you running to bet that price? And if not, are you looking to fade them and take somebody else in the division? Certainly not looking to fade them. Wasn't even looking to fade them last year. I was far more hopeful. I probably would have thought that they, like everyone, they were on the ropes. But I'm not looking to fade them. For me, I'm not laying that one ninety either. I think you could almost play a game with yourself to try to guess who will come in second place. And I think the easy take is that the Raiders will probably be in fourth place. So you could, you know, if you think it's going to, you could pick the correct order and try to go Chiefs Chargers for like plus 180 or Chiefs Broncos exact finish for, uh, you know, for plus 300. That's maybe how I would play the division if I really wanted to lay the money on Kansas City, but I wouldn't lay 90 cents. Um, regardless of whether the team I cheered for was in the division or not. But I always believe in the Chiefs. They will not – I'll have to see them dethroned before I can believe it will happen. Okay, let's talk about the team that's in your background. You said you weren't interested in fading the Chiefs last year. 
but there was a lot of optimism around the Chargers and all the moves they made last offseason. As a member of Chargers Nation, and I'm not even sure if it's a nation or a kingdom or a mafia, what's the level of optimism within circles in Chargers fan base? For starters, it's like a bolt gang. And like we're a small gang. We're like, yeah, we're not, yeah, we're no nation. We're no mafia. We're just like a little gang, bolt gang. Um, the optimism for the Chargers would have to be how high last year was a gut punch to what I truly believe their ceiling could be. But it also showed that I think, you know, their floor outside of two or three teams is as probably as high as any team in the league. And by that, I mean, when you look at everything that happened last year from all pro Rashawn Slater going down, Herbert playing hurt, never having the receiving room, they were still able to do what they did. The defense being atrocious at multiple chunks of the season, they still found themselves to double digit wins. So that kind of showed me the floor is high. The ceiling, I am far less confident that it exists today than I was 12 months ago. That's honest. All right. When we think ceiling for Chargers, I think we'll all agree it's stake to Justin Herbert's success. Suma, last year you often railed at how poorly this offense was run under Joe Lombardi. Do you expect Kellen Moore is going to unleash Justin Herbert? Yes, I fully expect to, but I also think that one part was just being that Justin Herbert was severely injured early in the season. And I think when you listen to all these doctors out there, like everyone said that it's an injury that can linger up to like eight to 12 weeks. And they expected him to be fully healthy, not before eight weeks after that injury, which was, I guess, in week two. So he was playing with a severe injury for like eight weeks. The offensive line was derailed with injuries. Keen Allen was out for like 10 or 12 weeks. Uh, I don't remember anymore. Um, um, Mike Williams had that high ankle sprain and also came back a, a little bit earlier than expected. So he was still playing on some kind of an ankle sprain for like two or three weeks. And I also think that all things put together, Joe Lombardi being more of that um, low A-dot guy and Herbert being injured and the offensive line being banked up and not having all uh, all those good downfield threats really led to a conservative offense that really didn't fit into Justin Herbert's strength. And I think this year with that offensive line being healthy, with Herbert being healthy, with that receiving group, if we don't see Justin Herbert unleashed, uh, I don't know what the Chargers are doing. All right. Uh, I want to zoom out uh, of the division and look in the conference. Um, in order to compete, you have to go up against guys like Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Trevor Lawrence, Deshaun Watson, Tua Tagovailoa, Aaron Rodgers. Like the list is insane. The reason I'm pinpointing the QBs is for some, myself included, I think the Chargers secondary has gigantic question marks. Eric, when you look at how the Chargers match up against all these top QBs in the AFC, do they have the ability to put up any resistance or is Justin Herbert going to have to get into a lot of shootouts to win this year? Yeah, it's really hard because I sort of look at like the Chargers defense, like I look at like the 49ers offense, where when you put so much strain on a multifaceted player like Derwin James or George Kittle on an offensive side, then you really and that guy's often injured, it just put it derails the defense, right? Because he does so many things that make J.C. Jackson's job easier. Much like J.C. Jackson's job in New England was easy because he had Gilmore and he had other, you know, he had McCourty and stuff like that. And so 
I think that when he's in there and they're using him properly, it's a very good defense. I think Staley runs a, a good ship. They do a lot of, you know, they do a lot of disguising. Uh, you know, he did that with the Rams as well. So there's a lot good there, but it's always so fragile to injuries. And so if, if you know, some combination of Bosa, Mack, uh, or, or James get injured, like I just, they're going to have to score, you know, in that 35 to 40 point range to win games. Whereas, you know, I think that some of the, especially Kansas City, but even Denver's defense in in that division are a little bit more stable with respect. Like they don't depend on any one piece to be a, a good defense. And I think that that's, you know, how you play in the NFL now versus, you know, 20 years ago where it was all about having a star like Lawrence Taylor or Deion Sanders or something like that. It's just a, you're, you're, the, the name of the game for defense now is to not have, you know, to have a high floor. And I think defensively their floor is not, not particularly high. All right. Um, let's look at their price because I often say like when you have a, a top tier quarterback, your floor is you're going to have a winning record and you're going to be at least in the playoff hunt. And then your ceiling is always Super Bowl contender. They're plus 308 to win the division. And it's probably the longest price for a team with an elite quarterback. Whether you think Justin Herbert's elite or not is another question. Does anybody look at that price and put their hand up and say that's that's something that I'm interested in getting involved in? I I can't I can't at this point just because I my my buy in in the AFC West if I were to make one would be Denver and I just and that to me is just because it's just because of the price. All right, uh, let's talk about Denver. Uh, Sean Payton's the new man in town, and Denver uh, is still believed to be an average team according to betting markets. What's the best case scenario for Denver? Uh, we'll start with Eric because you you believe division could be intriguing. Yeah, I mean, they have receiving core, like somebody said, I can't remember which show it was, but like they probably have the best quartet of wide receivers in the NFL, which that sounds weird, but it also, again, raises the floor because when you have injuries, uh, you know, you can you can beat even the best defenses when you go 3-4 deep at wide receiver. Uh, they're pretty solid at running back as well, and, you know, offensive line is, is you know, decent, and they brought in McGlinchey, I think, to help in the run game. Uh, so the, I think on the offense, it's just about Russell Wilson. And I have a hard time believing that Sean Payton, who just two years ago got to nine and eight with Taysom Hill, Trevor Simeon, Ian Book, and Jameis Winston, can at least get Russell Wilson a league average play. And league average play last year out of Wilson would have put Denver in the playoffs. So, and then you look the other side, I know they lose. We talked about the AFC South, NFC South last week with the Giro Edvaro. I know that's a big loss, but personnel wise, they're very, very good. Uh, just along the defensive front, there's question marks about how good Frank Clark and Randy Gregory can be. I think that to me is the one you know big question now that they're they're a year removed from losing uh, Chubb and two years removed from losing Von Miller. But in the secondary, they're fantastic, and and so I just think that there's just a lot there to like, and and there's just I think floor wise, it's it's a sneaky high floor for that team. All right, um, you know I I was looking at off season, and as it goes on, I I have a list of needs for teams and the Broncos like just just took care of all of them one by one in all, in the off season. Um, but is uh, my sumo, my question for you is, is there a form of success for the Broncos if they can't get Russell Wilson to look like Seattle Russ? Is there still a version of this team where they can drag uh, uh, an average Russell Wilson to success? Well, I think an average Russell Wilson, like Eric said, would already be a, a huge step forward. Um, when you combine that defense with the decent offensive line, decent wide receiving group, Sean Payton wanting the show, Sean Payton also 
uh, one of the better coaches when it comes to in-game decision making. And when you just get like, I don't think we will ever get back to that peak Russell Wilson years. Yeah, I guess he's all, all, also uh, 35 years old by now. But, ca but but if you can just get him towards a league average quarterback that runs the Peyton scheme and also has a few like uh, these play action deep bombs in him, I think that the the Broncos uh, will be a sneaky a sneaky playoffs team even even in a very loaded um, AFC. Um, like Eric said, I, I also think that they have a high, very pretty high floor. And if Sean Payton can somehow get the most of whatever is possible for Russell Wilson, um, yeah, um, I think they could also be a, a, a decent playoff team in the in the AFC. All right. Um, one of the things that surprised me was Sean Payton actually picking Denver, um, considering when you enter a division with Mahomes and Herbert, like you have two beast that you have to conquer for the next five ten years he's also tied to a quarterback with a large uh contract jeff do you believe sean payton is married to russell wilson or do you think he's capable of saying if he's not anything i want this year we need to find somebody new immediately uh i think he's not married to russell wilson the financial commitment the organization made to him sort of was enough that he will survive the Wilson era regardless and get a start fresh if it doesn't work. Russell Wilson will now be playing for his legacy this year. And I hate the Broncos more than any other team in the league, but I am as bullish on them as, as my friends here. I think their floor is high. Their home field advantage, which seems to be something that's dwindling in sports. When you have a defense that good, a home field advantage that is usually as consistent as it is in Denver, they could be a real dangerous team. I mean, we speak about league median play from, from Wilson. Like, let's not forget, they need two touchdowns to win these games last year, and they're like a double-digit win team. You know, what was the scoring average they would have needed on offense? Certain is probably as good as any corner in the league. It's such an explosive league now with the big plays, and he can shut down anybody anybody now it's you know important to have multiple weapons but yeah between him and simmons if eric mentioned it if they get what they need from from gregory and if clark still has a bit of juice left i was so upset when sean payton decided to go there like so upset between the because he could probably if anyone could fix it they can it's it's just a money thing it's nothing related to the cap and broncos certainly flexing their muscle and i expect them that's why i mentioned like a lot of people, if you think it's low-hanging fruit to pick on the Chargers, then take that Chiefs-Broncos 1-2 exact to finish. Could be the play maybe in the West. It pains me to say. All right, then let's talk about pricing then because Denver right now is plus 641 to win the division. I happen to think if they win the division, Sean Payton is the coach of the year, just all things considered with how bad Russ looked last year. Is it? Would you not rather attack the coach of the year market as opposed to betting Denver division? Because you also get a safety net if they win 10 or 11 games and get a wild card berth as well. Because you don't need, I mean, Dayball and, and uh, Cleveland's coach uh, proved that you don't need to win your division to win the coach of the year market. The, the, one, the one tough thing is, will they apply too many, too many accolades to Wilson? Because when you've looked, if you look at the coach of the year market, it's generally speaking applied to kind of mid-tier, like mid-quarterbacks, right? So you look at, you know, Goff, 
uh, Mayfield, uh, Tannehill, uh, Daniel Jones. Like those are all the quarterbacks that are winning the coach of the year coach that that award. And I think with Wilson, if he if he's league average this year, is the story going to be about Russell Wilson winning comeback player of the year or something weird like that? But I don't hate that read. All right. Um... It only but I'll just say. I mean, it depends if Wilson like regains his Pro Bowl form, then yeah, maybe. But if they're just like trotting along and winning games 16 to 14, you know, Wilson's just not like a total like negative on the offense. I don't know. We'll like respect Peyton for for getting it right. But I, I think Wilson would have to just go back to pure vintage form, I think. But we'll, we'll see. So what are your thoughts of division versus coach of the year bet there? Yeah, I mean, if the Broncos make the playoffs, I think Sean, Sean Payton will be in strong consideration for Coach of the Year. But I also think that, ah, I don't know, man. Like, when you look at the NFC, like, there could be a lot more, like, supposed to be bad teams playing really well or making the, the, the playoffs in a in a weak NFC that which which um, makes it very very uh, a, a little bit tougher for for AFC coaches to win coach of the year in my opinion uh, this season but um, yeah I mean I don't really hate that Denver division prize but it's it's still not something that I'm rushing to bet right now all right um, let's talk about the Las Vegas Raiders I wrote bull and bear cases for every single team this offseason and this was one of the hardest things to write a bull case so suma i want you to figure it out for me josh mcdaniels turns out turns to his old friend jimmy g to lead this offense uh can you make a bull case for the raiders here the bull case is jimmy garoppolo will be healthy fully healthy in week one uh the the offensive line will be at least as good as last year or at least as good as last year not bad and uh, Jimmy is somehow able to uh, distribute the, the ball to all his playmakers in Josh McGinnis' offense. And the offense is able to dictate games because I doubt that the defense will be strong enough to really carry a, 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 a low-scoring offense. I think that would be the bull case. But then again, even if that happens, they are facing three teams within their, within their division that I strongly consider to be better than the Raiders. All right, Jeff, is there a chance that this thing goes completely off the rails? They get to the trade deadline, they have two wins, and they say, you know what, Devontae Adams out, kind of what Chicago Bears did last year and trading away guys. Um, can you see this thing going right off the rails? 100%. I could totally wouldn't be shocked at all if we are seeing the Raiders essentially competing with whoever's in last place in the AFC South for the worst team in the AFC. I think that is in play that would obviously indicate I'm leaning towards their under this year. I don't trust many parts about the, that team outside of Al, uh, Adams. I don't care much for the talent on that team. And unlike say the chargers who we don't trust their coach, they have a lot of talent that can raise the floor. The talent isn't there in Oakland to overcome or sorry, in Vegas to overcome. Okay. You can call them Oakland to overcome that coaching staff. <laughs> Um, I'm as out on them as any team in the AFC when you consider what's happening both in conference and division schedules hard to crossovers with the AFC um, with the AFC East and the NFC East. 
I don't. It's a bleak outlook, in my opinion. Eric, were you surprised that they uh, refused to outright rebuild this thing and and just kept trying to uh, middle their way through? I am, but you know, this is probably in a, Jeff talks about how much he hates the Denver Broncos. This might be the second time that Josh McDaniel gets one year and then a half a year and then it's it's over for him um, because that could be you know that's what happened with him in, in Denver in '09 and '10 and. I think that that's 100% why this has turned out the way it was. He took over a 10-7 and 7 team that was fundamentally a 7-10 and 10 team in 2021. And, you know, last year, they actually played a lot better in the first half of the season than the record indicated. It was sort of a flip, it, flip of that, and then things fell apart. And now, you know, I think that they have pressure to win. And the problem is, is there's there's no path for them to win. Like, it, you know, you could say, let, let's say the Chiefs fall off. Well, we all gave really good cases for the Chargers and the Broncos to still be there to keep, you know, to keep the forces on the Raiders pushing them down. So it, it was puzzling, but I understand, you know, for Ziegler and for McDaniel, there wasn't like you go to ownership and you say, look, we took over a 10 and 7 team. We we're terrible in year one record wise we're going to be be even worse here keep having faith in us when the median gm has a three-year window in the nfl before they're fired like it's just they, they're probably trying to say look the bull case is garoppolo stays one of the more efficient quarterbacks in football and we generate a ton of turnovers on defense because we have a decent pass rush and 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 we can force some turnovers but that's really the only way in my opinion that they do anything meaningful this year all right, let's take a look at the odds board for all these teams, win totals and Super Bowl odds. Kansas City is lined at 11.5 wins. The over is minus 151 and plus 127 to the under. The Chargers are 9.5 wins over minus 134, under plus 113. Denver's 8.5 wins, plus 109 to the over. Under is minus 129. Las Vegas is 7.5 wins, over is plus 190, under is minus 229. And for the Super Bowl odds, Kansas City is plus 601. The Chargers are plus 29.99. Denver is plus 56.87. Las Vegas is plus 34.36. If you're forced to make a bet on the regular season win total of one team in this division, which side is your favorite? Well, let's start with Eric. Uh, I think it has to be Denver over 8.5 plus 109. To me, that that is a... That that's the one the one bull you know, the one bull case that is to me has the has the best uh, EV. And Suma, do you uh, also share that sentiment? Yes, yes, exactly. Um, I just think that Denver has a very decent floor, and when you look at their schedule, like outside of um, the the Chiefs twice and the Bills, if they are really that team with with a, with a decent floor, and and if um, if Peyton can. Get Russell Wilson to just like a decent average quarterback. I think that there are a lot of winnable games on their schedule. Jeff, you mentioned you want to fade the Raiders. Uh, do you prefer that or do you are you also in agreement with these guys on Denver's over? So I am in agreement on the Bronco over. I'm not prepared to lay the juice on what the current Raider total is. But I will be eagerly awaiting when books drop um, like alternate totals because the Raiders are a team I'm going to look to pick on and I'll play that thing. I mean, there's seven and a half. It's I think minus 200, but I'll, I'll take it to like six or five and a half. I'll get, I'll get really greedy there potentially. All right. What about Super Bowl odds? Does anybody look at the prices and say, I want to make the case for this team? 
normally by this time, like I usually bet the Chargers to win the Super Bowl the day the offshores put it up, like in last year. But I'm still so beaten down from how last year ended. Like I have not, and I'll wait for that maybe number to get as big as possible. The future that I have played that I do like though, and it's no secret, uh, with Kellen Moore, Justin Herbert to lead the league in passing yards. It's about plus 750. It might drop plus 700. Now, I mean, it could go back to all the reasons why last year was a bit of a setback, and you still see what they did from a yardage standpoint. With Kellen Moore, uh, the Chargers are going to break my heart, but I'm expecting like some air show to go on, and I think Herbert will be right there in that yardage total, especially if you think those corners suck, George. Yeah, I'm with you. There. I actually, I actually uh, talked about that prop because I also like it. Uh, do uh, either Sumo or Eric? Do you guys look at any player uh, or coach markets and get uh, get interest here? I kind of like the Quentin Johnson rookie of the year um, plus um, or uh, at twenty to one at Pinnacle right now uh, because I think that Quentin Johnson has a clear path to be like the outside wide receiver from day one. And you always have that injury risk with Keen Allen uh, being um, uh, north of 30 years old. And if you if we are really looking at an improved offense that is going to open up some things, I think that uh, Quentin Johnson will have lots of opportunities to get lots of targets um, this season, especially in a downfield offense. And he's also supposed to be like a like a decent downfield guy. Eric, what about for yourself? Yeah, I mean, the the media loves running back still. Uh, and I think we look at how, you know, how how well Pollard and Zeke played in Dallas. Uh, I think Eckler is better than both of those players. You look at 18 to 1 for offensive player of the year. That's one that could ha- happen. Eckler's been a player who has scored more than 15 touchdowns in a season before. And so if if that's a team, if they win the division or they or they they do really good things on offense, he might be a player. Uh, that that the voters look at because again they they really do uh, they want to curb this whole like anti running back thing so they're they're going to vote for running backs for offensive player of the year um, at, at times uh, even even if like let's say a wide receiver you know outperforms him in terms of like war or something like that if he scores twenty touchdowns let's say they might they might automatically push him to the front of the line for that award. Well, I want to actually talk about that award for a second. It's becoming more and more people believe it's becoming a receiver and a running back award where it's like you can't win MVP but you can win this award um my counter to that is in like since 2010 half of the awards have gone to the quarterback position it just in the last four years it was you know Michael Thomas breaks the record for receptions and you have to give it to him and Derrick Henry has 2,000 yards and you have to give it to him and Cooper Cup almost gets 2,000 yards and you have to give it to him uh my question is what if there's a quarterback who statistically is phenomenal, but his team, because his defense isn't good enough, can get to 10 wins, So, which almost disqualifies you from being the MVP, um, and you put up a 5,000-yard season. When you look at a Justin Herbert at plus 3,500 Offensive Player of the Year, does am I thinking uh, something that, that makes sense, or do you believe it is now a receiver and running back award? I didn't even consider that um, because here's, he has to win MVP. Like that's the only award Justin Herbert, I feel can. Well, here's the quarterbacks win. that won uh, in 08, in 2018. Mahomes won 
in 2016, Matt Ryan, 2015, Cam Newton. They also won MVP, right? Yes, yes. Sorry for interrupting. No, no, not a, not a problem. I, I I just believe that maybe the quarterbacks are being disqualified from this market when I'm not 100% sure yet. It's only a wide receiver and running back market. Anybody have anything else to add on this? That's, that's not a that's not a bad look. I do think that there was a regime shift in the thinking of of writers and stuff over the last five years. So that that would be my only pushback. All right, um, this is this has been the AFC West preview right here on Forward Progress. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel. Please leave us a note telling us what you agreed and disagreed with today. And this has been Forward Progress right here on the Hammer Betting Network.